Hello, my space friends. Welcome to the Launch Sequence Podcast. This is episode 100. We made it. So I'm doing something a little different this week, launching it on the main channel so that you guys can see kind of a little bit of a journey I went through over the last few weeks, asking different YouTube creators about their feelings about Star Citizen right now. 3.18's launch was pretty rough, and a lot of new players are asking the question, is stability ever going to be a focus or are we just going to keep getting new features? And I think there is a big discussion to be had about what is more important at this time in development for each person. So I talked over the last couple of weeks with various creators that I've talked to in the past and got their opinions on the priorities of CIG, Star Citizen, and if it's headed in the right direction. Thought you guys might be interested in hearing the conversations, so I gathered them all up into a little summary. But I'm going to release all of them again on my second channel in full length, so if you want to see those, make sure to subscribe down below. Enough of me talking though, let's get to the guests. Starting off with the Space Coder, the first person I actually ever really met in the Star Citizen community years back. Getting started with him and talking about kind of what he likes about the game, you know. Get us get us started off before we get into the, the meat of the discussion. I'll have this all chaptered down below so you can skip to whatever you'd like to see, and I hope you enjoy the show. I'm I'm getting thoughts from from various people for a couple of different things and wanted to get your thoughts on these last few questions. So uh, first, I wanted to know what uh, what you think sets Star Citizen apart from other games on the market, like the actual secret sauce. It could be a gun that you like. Uh, it could be as complex as their back end framework, whatever it might be. It's a it's two things, really. Number one is the ambition, like the sheer ambition of this project, where like it excites me as a developer that they are actually they actually want to do this and they're actually making steps towards doing this. That's exciting to me as a developer. And number two, just the insane level of detail. Uh, you know, in Star Citizen, they very everything is very carefully created, from the smallest little coffee mug to planets. And they always improve upon it. And it always looks better, bigger, and just more detail. That's what I love. And kind of a bonus one is that you really forge your own path. Like you, Nobody says you have to do anything. You can just fly around and take pictures, which is what I did for the first two years of me owning Star Citizen. I don't know, man. Elevators tend to decide whether or not I continue. That, that, that's oh true. Ele <laughs> elevators are a little bit tricky. Uh, but you know they will get there eventually. Like they, they will come around to the whole you know dream of Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. But until then, it will be death and destruction every time you uh, take an elevator. <laughs> the detail in this game is definitely something to behold. I get what you mean about the ambition, because it's like there's there's something about getting into a game not because you want to play the game, but just because you want to be present in it. Yeah, and I think there are not that many games there are a lot of games where that feeling comes up like i used to get that when i would play the the earlier halos but not many games actually present it to you like yeah. something like red dead redemption 2 would and star citizen feels like it does that on such a grand scale with space it's hard to uh it's hard to match that yeah the effectiveness of their strategy is up for debate but I do think we're seeing a higher amount of new tangible locations and features coming into the game that people actually appreciate. 
That being said, the way they're building it with more detail and depth with these features and locations is part of the reason the game has taken so long. That along with pushing features over pushing stability and putting a lot of resources into things like Squadron 42 over, you know, Star Citizen, uh, it frustrates people. And, and it brings up the question of where are their priorities and are they going in the right place? So that's the whole point of this show. And uh, <laughs> I guess let's get into it. Starting off again, or rather continuing on with Space Coder. Well, looking at the model uh, that they've chosen with that, the way that they've kind of, they're, they're, they're consistently building a game engine on, uh, along with like an alpha of a game that they have to keep running in real time as they build another version of that game. It's just a lot. And the way they've done the releases has gotten on a lot of people's nerves. Um, do you feel like they're still going about it the right way? Do they need to start to shift focus or shift priorities? I think a lot of people, are, because a lot of new people came into the project, you know, over the last two years. And yeah. they're seeing kind of like the last years, I think all of us that have been around for a long time can agree that they were very turbulent and delays and features being pushed back, major changes in the company. And I think, you know, those of us who've been around a long time, this is no surprise to us. We see it as a bump in the road. But people who came in amongst this and they're expecting an improvement they're not getting, they might be frustrated. But ultimately, I think CAG is doing the best they can do. Uh, so they have the quarterly-ish release model going on. And it works. They deliver new content every three months, roughly. And it keeps the player base engaged as much as it can. I don't think more frequent releases would help because that would just change like lower the scope for things and a lot of things wouldn't make it in and it would make planning a lot more difficult having a longer release window would probably lead to a lot of dead zones and activity which we already have that's you know usually like two three weeks before a expected major patch it's pretty dead yeah. all over the place so so i think they're in a good place right now they need to optimize some things like they're doing with the testing process right now and performance as good they needed to do that but they didn't know they needed to do it until now uh they need to sort of rework how they manage releases their communication needs a little bit of work but that that's okay that that will probably never be perfect and it will take them a long time to dial that in properly uh development wise they're doing the best they can like i I think the project that I work on is similar in scale to Star Citizen. And I know the kind of problems that we have. And I imagine CAG are sharing a lot of those problems. So I don't think they can do much better on the development side. They did have two major reorgs on the development over the last two years. I don't think that helped particularly. I think the current setup is good. We will see how that goes moving forward. Yeah. And I, I think that that was the point I wanted to make. They're, they're doing good. Like they, CAG is doing good. There are areas that need improvement, but they're okay. overall working towards the goal it's maybe not the speed that a lot of people are expecting i personally what i would like to see is sort of more information on what's happening in a like reading the monthly reports is great you learn a lot of information uh but i would like to i would like if they like brought back the old release tracker for at least partially to where they would maybe not do like multiple quarters forward because that's not tenable given the current state but if they would just kind of like fill it out 
first, but like, oh, this is the things that we are tentative about for the next patch, and then just confirm or remove things. Well, they were supposed to have two patches on all, at all times, right? They were. So like once I, they I, ship 3.18, we should see 3.20, but we probably won't. I, I don't think we will. I, I think they, that idea kind of went out the window with 3.18. Yeah. Uh, because I, for one, I don't think they know the extent of what will be required to stabilize 3.18. They don't know how that will affect 3.19. And they don't know how 3.19 will affect the items down the line because they, I don't think work on a lot of those things has begun yet. So they can't tell. Now, obviously, there's the long term stuff that's underway server meshing, you know, physicalized cargo, economy simulation, that kind of stuff that's long underway. But anything that would actually be relevant for the release tracker, uh, I, I don't think they know yet. Yeah, yeah. We might, we might see it when we like hit 319 PTU. They will do you know 320. Uh, maybe, maybe. Spoiler alert: They did with 320. This is actually filmed a couple weeks ago, so we were a little bit behind. But this idea that new players are looking at the game differently and understanding it differently than older players is true. It's not an attack. It's the way it is, it's a problem that CIG has with trying to continuously keep the messaging up to date on concepts surrounding the game. We see this with things like engineering and death of a spaceman and even insurance sometimes comes up in this discussion. So they have a really unique problem where players are testing a game that's nowhere near the final version of what it's actually going to be. In that same instance, like we're testing the game over years and years of time you're gonna have people who are veterans joining right now when in three years, other people are considered newcomers. And those people are gonna have different understandings of what Star Citizen is supposed to be, what it is right now, what it's going to be. In the same way that people who are starting right now have a different idea to people from before. So this is kind of an interesting angle, I think, to uh, approach it all from. And I thought I would talk about it a little bit more with my next guest, Morphologist, who is well known in the community and has uh, definitely seen his own fair share of reactions to his opinions, but he does kind of seem to notice a similar sort of thing going on between players. So I wanted to know uh, if he thought that was going to have any effect on, you know, development or how people looked at the development. Okay, so the community has grown a ton. I was crunching some numbers the other day, and it looks like account numbers by the end of this year. We'll have more accounts created after uh, COVID-19 started than before, to, to put into perspective how much of that account is, is, is heavily skewed towards later on. And I know they started their like little referrals a little later, so obviously that leads to more accounts being added later and all that kind of stuff. But um, obviously a lot of people have joined in the last year or two. Um, a lot because of Elite Dangerous having some trouble, a lot because just because Star Citizen got a little bit better. But do you think the number of people who are join, joining now, being introduced to a new game, like when we, when we joined, me and you, we couldn't even go, go to Port Alisar, let alone a planet, let alone running missions or playing with tractor beams. So our idea of what Star Citizen was going to be was kind of different than what it might be for somebody who jumps in now and plays. Do you think that difference in perspective is going to cause problems as we go further and that older player base is being outnumbered? I think it's going to cause drama in the community, but I don't think it's going to alter the, the uh, trajectory of Star Citizen's development too much because 
they seem pretty sure what they want to do. They're focused on Squadron and the stuff for Star Citizen seems like they also have an idea of what they want to do for. Sure, there are some gameplay systems that will be tweaked, but for example, like the new flight model, they're not even concerned with feedback for it. They're just going to implement it for Squadron and then eventually we're going to get it. And at that point, it'll be too late to really change it if there are any significant issues. Now, I'm pretty confident it's going to be good. Like from what they said, it's what we need. But um, it's not something, I think we're past the stage where there's going to be huge shifts in Star Citizen's development because of community feedback. It'll be small, small things. It'll be small things. Um, more, like I said, more of what's going to happen I see is going to be people in the community um, being confused or upset or angry with like perception of where the game uh, is supposed to go. Like, you know, there's been a lot of drama in the community about pvp and pve and like how some people feel like they want a private server and that pvp is is all griefing and stuff uh whereas some people have been around for longer who you know know more about the pitch of star citizen know that that was always part of the plan and it's just there's just a lot of this but it's not really affecting cig's plans at all they're they're not changing direction because of that feedback they're going to do what they're going to do and we they're not being clear with what they're going to do but they they're going to do something and they they know what they're going to do if that makes sense yeah this conversation actually went towards the skill system that we talked about at citizen con last year because i think that that's one of those topics that newer players are definitely more open to than older players just mainly because of the communication that cig has had around skills and the whole point of progression in the game over the years but this skill system does kind of point out that the large parts of this game are pretty set in stone the idea of what we're going to be doing the professions the game loops that kind of stuff but the actual character customization and and, and smaller details do seem like they're up to shift a little bit i mean hex codes anybody um these interviews by the way are going to be posted in full they are pretty interesting there's a lot of them and this is my normal podcast so i will be posting these over probably the next month or two to my normal podcast platforms on audio platforms if you're listening there or on my second youtube channel i'll have this on my main channel but the second channel is where the podcast usually is i'll have that link down below for you but mia morph did go back to priorities because that's the whole point of this conversation i wanted to know what his opinion was on where CIG is putting all their resources and whether they're going in the right direction. Let's have a listen. Do you think that what the company is doing is is what's best for the game and the community as a whole? Or do you think that there's something they need to shift when it comes to their priorities? Um, I think that their their priorities are where they need to be for them right now. Uh, I, I'm not somebody who works at CIG. I can't tell you what's going on internally, but um, them focusing all completely on squadron makes sense to get that out and out of the way so that they can put some resources back on star citizen because the way i look at it and the way i've been explaining it for a while now is that people don't buy star citizen for squadron anymore it's people buy star citizen for star citizen because all the advertisement comes from you know, streams and, and youtube videos and so people only know about star citizen so what that creates is this effect of the game star citizen uh, is what's funding uh, funding Squadron completely. Like Squadron isn't paying for itself at all. So all of that, all of those 800 developers with most of them working on Squadron, 
all of their income rests on the shoulders of the ship team to produce enough ships to fund the entire project. So they need to get that out the door to make it pay for itself, to make the financials make sense, because it's not paid for itself for a really long time. Once it's out the door and people are buying squadron for squadron, they've had more, they have more financial backing to be able to hopefully get more developers to work on Star Citizen and focus on that and the things that we really need, all the gameplay systems. So like I said, um, that's my perspective on it. I think that's why they're focusing on Squadron and why I think that that priority makes a lot of sense. As somebody who plays Star Citizen, I all, I'm like, I hate it so much. I wish they would focus only on Star Citizen, but realistically, with all the effort they put into Squadron, I can't fault them for putting all of their all of their effort on it right now. So, yeah. yes, that's where I am. Like I under like the community. I understand like their idea for a lot of people is like, what are what is Squadron Forty Two? I bought this game for Star Citizen. Focus on Star Citizen. I get that perspective completely, and it's CIG's fault for talking about Star Citizen as a live service um, and advertising it as such in all of their you know marketing material and getting a lot of people excited for it. Um, but they got to do what they got to do. Yeah. And do you think when it comes to that advertising, specifically with Star Citizen, should they be focusing on making the game play more like those trailers and more like people dream of, or should they be trying mainly just to get more features in as fast as they can? Um, I or think some third they need option. to get, oof. Um, I mean, and again, I'm not a developer, but I, my sense is that they need to get more features in because we're in the alpha stage still and beta is when you start bug fixing so they need to get they need to keep getting features in and then seeing how those features play with existing features and then fix balance problems which are inevitably going to happen yeah. i mean that's the problem with just stopping development and fixing what they have is because everything can break potentially with anything that they introduce later, like the economy, for example, which we don't have. We don't have a stock ticker. We don't have uh, a, which we don't a, have. A, a, an Omi mobile glass app to look at where we can buy and sell stuff. Imagine how that's going to affect the economy when that happens, how it's going to affect pirating, how it's going to affect um, bounty hunting. Like it's going to put people in certain areas for interaction in a way that we don't have right now. Uh, so, and then how server meshing is going to completely uh, change the way the game is experienced and how PES is transforming the experience of the game right now with all the junk people leave around. Like yeah. that issue is bizarre and interesting to watch. Like that's why they need to keep adding these features to figure out what problems they create and fix them. And yeah, the game is going to be in a pretty broken state then for a long time, but I think they're only prolonging that pain to focus on only fixing existing issues. They know that though. Like I'm, I'm only saying this for the benefit of viewers who don't know, because from what I understand from CIG, they understand that they need to focus on getting features out. It's not like that's anything new. It's a revelation. Um, it's only like I said that they're focused on Squadron right now, and that's why most of the features that they're working on are going to squadron first and we're not getting anything really in star citizen yet um like if you read the monthly reports you can see like you said there's a lot of cool new features going into star citizen but it's for squadron and we can't experience them yet so yeah 
Um, star maps and AI oh, stuff man, yeah. and the, the mech suits and like I was like oh, every time I read it I'm like dang it you don't have any of that yet and you're you already have it in Squadron it's not fair yeah yeah well you know two years right <laughs> it's always two years more yeah don't worry about that guy at the end there that's uh <laughs> for those who don't know uh me and my wife actually live here in Turkey and there is a mosque right outside our window so every once in a while call to prayer blasts its way into our podcast. But back to the conversation with Morph, he makes a great point about the importance of Squadron 42 to the success of Star Citizen. Uh, obviously, Star Citizen is still only getting funded by ship sales, and at some point, with all this growing they're doing, they're expanding into new studios, they're getting a lot more employees out in the UK, and just doing a lot of overall growth, they seem to be expecting some kind of influx of cash. I think that is Squadron 42 sales, if not further in the future, you know, don't quote me on it, possibly go into the consoles, maybe the following generation. Regardless, Squadron 42's importance is explained. It's unfortunate, and it's not great how it's been handled, but it's explained. Features versus stability, though, is a debate when it comes to Star Citizen, and one where Morph does note features being important, I think a lot of people do agree with that, but my next guests have a little bit of a different opinion on that. Bugs and stability are very important to a lot of people, and like we've focused on here, generally they're newer, newer uh, people who are joining the game, but people from all parts of the community are looking for different things. So my following guests, Tree0311 and Nazareth, both do their own podcast on Star Citizen, check that out down below, but they also have their own differing opinions on this topic. Let's listen in. Like, as a whole, you're looking at where we are in the project compared to 2016, compared to 2020, thinking about where we might be in two years. What do you think overall a good direction for the game would feel like to you? I mean, without sounding like a like an idiot, um, uh, getting out of alpha. Um, <laughs> um, I, like, I think, easy honestly, yeah, I think, honestly, the, like, the biggest, the one thing to make Star Citizen go to the next level is stop treating the live server like a test server. Treat the live server as if you are treating, you know, your your investors, your public players. Like you owe them literally everything. Like you do not upset your public players, the people who don't care to read the first thing about your game. Those people are like we, there's not a lot of them currently because a lot of them are waiting for the no more wipes the out of beta that stop being an in development game but there are some and they get really upset when they oh you just released a new patch great i'm gonna start playing now oh it's been two weeks you're going to wipe the server already so it's i think like the test server is your test server live server should be your live server and if, it should stay that way if if there was a definite effect on their ability to collect data if they were to do that would you still say they should do that and just take that loss yeah that's the the biggest thing is the being able to you know they they specifically said with 318 that they did not get the level of concurrency with the um their their stress test that they did over that weekend 18 and open PTU. They didn't get the, the numbers of people they needed in order to get the information that they're looking for. So they had to kick it out to live in order to get the information they're looking for. And that's the, the hard part is, you know, the 
when you know the the concurrency you get even in open PTU is you know a you know is orders of magnitude smaller than the concurrency you get with the the live patch, especially on weekends and with events. And you know you can't replicate that level of concurrency and yeah. that level of stress on your back end, um, you know, without actually doing it. And you know it's it's a it's a really difficult balance to walk and. You know, they, they first talked about that tool. It was like last year, I think, where, you know, the, the tool that they use to be able yeah. to simulate stress. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like they are, you know, they had been working on it, working on it, and they hadn't gotten it, you know, really ready for prime time up until very recently. And now they're like, OK, now we have this. This is great. You know, the question is, we don't know, you know, is that really going to make a difference with being able to get that data? You know, um, we haven't heard them report back on that. You know, uh, is it going to alleviate issues like we had with 3.18 going forward? You know, yeah, is it going to, to help with the rollout of server meshing? And, you know, yeah. hopefully with like, the, like a postmortem, we'll get information on that. But I honestly think that they did not know that it was going to break pushing it to live. Because as, like, as I told a lot of people, like all through PTU, I'm like, this is, I'd much rather play the 3.18 PTU than play uh, 17. It was so much better. It was smoother. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, was more stable. Even when it was crashing, the periods between crashes were so much more stable than 3.17. It was incredible. And yeah. then 3.18 Live comes around, and it completely shatters. Um, so I honestly think that they did not know what was going to happen. But And I'm, I'm trying to talk to like a, a broader past 3.18, like 3.17, 3... They didn't know it was going to happen, but they didn't know it was not going to happen yeah so so but you would say that given the given the problems that they're running into even in the future if the case is that they need to push it to live to do better or let's say you know putting some crazy random arbitrary terms on this so if yeah. they push to live earlier that would open up their You're testing they get the testing done earlier and launch in two months as opposed to pushing to live maybe later when it's more stable but that then taking let's say four months you would still take say go with that four months push yes. it back okay yes. i think it's it starts isn't at, at the point where there's a lot of people who don't care about development of the game but there's is that is, is that i mean if they're still at the stage in development that they are at then is it really make more sense to focus on that that i mean that's that is that's the company that's all coming like i would say yes it, it's at its player base where the longer you now spoil that kind of people who don't care with their like their opinions about the game, the harder it's going to be to come back onto that line of more people coming in. Okay. Uh, and like I would say that. Well, maybe CIG won't. There are a ton of people that say no. It's it's in development. Just develop it for the next thirty years. Um, like honestly, <laughs> like that's. They have ideas that they want to add in for, you know, as long as they have money. They will have money for this game. Well, technically, the current projections are infinite amounts of money going into the future. So it, they they really have to make a decision whether they're going to be in development forever or they're going to actually release a product. And I don't mean Squadron. I mean the MMO. <laughs> are we going to have a live MMO, at, MMO anytime in our lifetime? <laughs> Ah, don't worry yourself too much, Nas. We're young. But Star Citizen is at the point where a lot of people just like to jump in and play. Like, just casually be in space and do things, despite the glitches and stuff. And honestly, I love that. That's pretty cool. When I joined, it was, I mean, 
nobody did that i guess some of us did that but it was rough when i joined um so it is very cool that we're at that point with the game a lot of people are satisfied with being able to play what's there right now a lot of people are not though and i think Nas has a good point that like they do need to focus on making sure that these people can play the game but there's also the fact that they need to make money. That's the biggest thing with this game. And despite ship sales, yes, being the focus of making money, I think the forward development and features, the fact that we can see the future of features that we've been asking for, the gameplay that we want, that we came to Star Citizen 4 actually being developed is the whole reason that money even still comes in. I think that those features being developed is what makes it possible. Obviously, I'm also showing my own bias, and this isn't about me. So let's go look at my next guest, Kronzi, who's a streamer, uh, also does some YouTube work for Star Citizen, and listen to what he has to say about this. So, like, given the way that the game works, uh, being an alpha that is being built with all these features and, like, very integral parts being added in real time, while well, people are playing this as their main game, not even as, like, a, a test or a project, just, like, their everyday grind. Um, do you think that the priorities surrounding the development match what should be happening from CIG in terms of glitches and features and stuff like that? So there's always a lot of conversation and discussion to be had around the, the like this topic, right? Uh, the only one that I really give merit to is the Squadron 42 features versus Star Citizen features. Mm -hmm. uh, because, yeah, there is 100% by working on, uh, you know, solo campaign type features you are detracting from some stuff that you could be adding into star citizen whether that's overall detrimental is yet to be seen until we see squadron 42 basically so in in my opinion i'm i'm mostly okay with that especially as they're bringing a lot of those features into star citizen uh, over the over the next year the one thing that i hear from a lot of people that just i never understand is when people say well why are they adding new features when pes is broken and that's not those those don't mix like like mining changes and pes those are not the same people working on that and the people that are working on that would not likely maybe they do but likely would not have the skill set to work on that other thing right on this background tech so i kind of just dismiss those sort of claims um i think that it's a hundred percent okay to be working on new features especially ones that we've been seeing recently that are uh, using old tech to just work immediately like new missions like the reclaimer derelicts all those sort of things which are getting pumped out really quickly them doing that does not make server meshing come out slower you know so um yeah i i have been vocal of, of the opinion of I do want Squadron 42 to come out and I want it to be a success because I think it can be a really, really good recruitment tool for Star Citizen as well as to get people onto the idea of playing a game that does involve you flying ships and and having this seamless, you know, FPS to ship to engineering gameplay, that sort of thing, which is not very common on really any game. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, for the most part, what I've been hearing about their priorities of development have been pretty decent the the glowing review of pretty decent from Kronzi but I, I I do think that um Kronzi makes a good point again about features needing to continue to come in I think the general curiosity about these features being developed for Squadron 42 as we've seen recently the first which might be EVA T2 coming in later this year um is common at this point we've heard 
for almost a year and a half now i think that squadron 42 actor feature teams and generally those those sides of teams and definitely ai and stuff are working on squadron first things and will be transferred over to star citizen we're still kind of waiting for the fruits of that um i think we have hit a really good stride with development of features specifically starting with 318 more so but I, I, we are still waiting for Squadron to start bearing some fruits of like really polished features in the game. Me and uh, the Astro Historian, another YouTuber and Lorstradamus, some might say, talked about this a little bit, but we also got more into the idea of can the players who are looking at these two different size priorities of features versus glitches have an actual effect on where the development goes? And I touched on that a little bit with Morph, but I get deeper into it here with the uh, Historian. Let's listen. You you mentioned the success uh, that they've had actually a little bit of trouble keeping up with the fervor and success from the community. Do you feel like the way that players are, are, are filling into the game or joining in mass and are getting more involved are changing the way they develop the game or or changing what they're focusing on? I think it's changing how they're, what they're focusing on, but I don't think it's changing the way they develop because the only thing that's going to improve the gameplay playability of Star Citizen is to complete the, the parts of the game they need to complete, um, which they were already trying to do in the first place, the server meshing, PES, so on and so forth. But I definitely put more of an emphasis on onboarding people into the universe, knocking off the jank that exists in the, in the beginning of the game. Uh, and I do think that they are definitely, I wouldn't say definitely, they're definitely, yeah, it doesn't say definitely, they're definitely pandering more to the new players than the older players. They're trying to improve the experience of the newer players. Um, partially because improving the experience of new players will improve the experience of older players. So, but there's definitely more of, a, of an emphasis on newer rather than the older backers uh, because they want to increase this number. They want to keep keep it growing. But I know that CIG did not anticipate they were going to grow this fast, this quickly. <laughs> so, or this this much, this quickly. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned there was onboarding experience, making it easier. We've mm -hmm. seen that the new player experience is coming up soon. We see a UI that's being uh, included in 319 for like button prompts and stuff like that. Like clearly they're doing what you're talking about. Do you see that shifting their priorities? Because you said that it doesn't change the development, but a lot of these new players and even a lot of old players consistently call for bug fixing, almost to the point of stop development, just get these bugs fixed, as opposed to you're talking more about the features that came in in the last couple of years. Um, mm. what, do you think, what do you think they should be aiming for in terms of stability and bug fixing versus adding those features? And do you think that that's going to be changed by the players that are coming in and expecting a more finished and polished game. I think CIG is going to try to keep that balance personally. And this is probably entirely unpopular. I don't care. I want this game to be finished and you don't finish a game by stopping and then polishing bugs to make sure that the unfinished experience you've worked on is, is good so that you can break all of that by adding new features that breaks all that anyways. I'm I'm much more in favor of, um, you know, to hell with the bugs, full stream, uh, full steam ahead. Just keep going. Um, CIG can stop and start fixing more of the problems when they when they reach uh, a beta state, because that's the game that everyone wants to play anyways. You know, the alpha isn't like anything that we do now doesn't matter. 
uh, in the long term. I know why people want to, because a lot of people are purchasing this game now as if it was a completed game. You know, they see this on, you know, Jack Frag's channel. They they, they see a, a streamer play it. They hear some word of mouth from friends and they're like, cool, I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm tired of Tarkov. I'm, 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 I don't want to play DayZ anymore. And I'm, I'm, the Elite doesn't really kick, get it from me anymore. I'm just going to go and play this game and I'm just going to just grind like no one's business in this game and just really make this my full game. Uh, it, it wasn't designed for that. And CIG hasn't, wasn't even planning on that happening for people. So while there's always calls to just stabilize the game, just don't add anything new, stabilize the game. I'm of the opinion that that's, that's a bad idea because I don't think it actually helps the game overall long-term. Do I think CIG's going to change that? I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't anticipate them because I think, I think they, even they don't want to do extra work for the sake of uh, making the, a game that's unfinished uh, more playable. But at the same time, I could, still see them kind of going all right well we need to stop a little bit we need to slow down a little bit because uh we're not we're, we're losing interest and we're, we've already we suddenly caught a wind and we didn't weren't anticipating this if we don't stop and actually focus on it we may not get those people back but i'm not cig so this balance of playability versus the game's growth is clearly one of the major discussions of star citizen and as you can see still one of their major problems with 318 but I think everybody is kind of on the same page here that things like persistent entity streaming, server meshing, AI changes, all that kind of stuff is the expense of the growth that we're looking for to, you know, see Star Citizen become Star Citizen. Now, stability, like we've all been saying, is not their highest priority, but this next take comes from Salty Mike, and he actually has a little bit of a different angle of looking at it. Going by how CIG prioritizes their development, we both know very well what they decide to put first, what they decide to put last. A lot of new players are realizing that the stability isn't exactly their first priority. Um, do you think that CIG needs to start to reevaluate what they're focusing on when they're developing the game? No. Um, and I think stability is actually their first priority. Okay. Uh, it just doesn't look that way because of where we are right now. Um, stability and user experience maybe is are two different things. Um, everything they're doing around PES and trying to get to server meshing is clearly to create more stability. It's to to make that that better, right? So I think that's still their number one priority from that perspective. But then it comes down to your live server experience versus your PTU experience. And I think when it comes down to, there's clearly a disconnect between them recognizing the fact, like, I, I just don't know how you can't look at the, the 318 experience as a whole and not go, hmm, a lot of people really just want to play. Because there's a wipe, 318.0, wipe comes out, new exciting features, and so many people come out of the woodworks to play this game that they get significantly more people than they had planned for and everything falls apart. How is that not like this super indicator of we need to start treating the live servers as a playable experience? And the, like the current ex the current thing that we're experiencing right now is them actively working against that with like a Xeno threat that clearly is causing issues, right? Um, 
it's also highlighting issues that need to be resolved for the future but those have now been highlighted and now it's do something about it and, and allow people to at least currently enjoy the experience that you have so stability is a priority but the player experience isn't and and on the live server specifically right? yeah when you get down to the details of what cig has to accomplish given their position right now it does get kind of hard to come up with a realistic solution other than just keep steamrolling ahead to try and hit some uh strong stability milestone while keeping the game somewhat playable and i, I think that's kind of what salty mike is getting at that first version of server meshing that is stable for us could be the first time we really taste actual stability in star citizen and it seems like that is their goal push for that and then start to get the content into the game and we've we've heard that a lot and with pes coming in now we're starting to see more content so it, it could be true but i think we're still in the phase of figuring that thing out kind of interestingly though player retention seems to remain year over year in terms of funding at least and you would assume that that's true with player concurrency as well but i actually had a lot of discussion throughout these several different interviews i did for this whole podcast episode talking about player retention and whether new players are actually sticking around after that initial jump into the game um, we also talked a little bit about how important this is to CIG for them to focus on this to keep the game healthy. Kind of got into this a little bit with Tria Nas earlier, and you're going to hear them come back up after we touch in with the uh, leader of the 890 Jump Yacht Club, Joe Run. So let's listen to what he has to say on this, which is a little bit positive, and then listen to maybe an opposing view or two from the other two. A lot of people do worry that this idea that the game might chase people away or might scare people from trying it again uh, is losing them permanent customers over at, at CIG with Star Citizen. Do you think that CIG should be concerned about the, the idea that people won't come back if they've had a bad experience right now? I, I think they're pretty well aware of it. I, th I think that uh, Todd Pappy is saying that they really are focused on making it stable and playable for as many people as they possibly can. 318 being a, a real exception to that. Um, having a better new player experience, and they've been talking about that, and that's coming in the next patch in a month away. They've, they've got a mission set up where they're going to walk a new player through, okay, well, this is how you get out of bed. This is how you look at things on your Moby Glass. This is how you go to a store and buy clothes and guns and food and go to a, a, a clinic. Um, and we've been asking for a, a tutorial for years and years and years, and it's nice to see them actually finally putting that in to kind of help that new player experience. And once we get past Invictus, because I, I don't expect that things are going to be feeling good until Invictus is over. Uh, and then I think it's going to be probably pretty good at that point. Um, then I think we can really sit back as a community and evaluate, okay, well, how much of a success or 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 failure or challenge was 318, 319 um, for the community overall? I think it's a speed bump. Uh, you know, it's it's we said it's a it's a long marathon, and we're going to have some speed bumps. Uh, I think server meshing is going to be another big speed bump where we're going to have some real challenges. Yeah, my my yeah. biggest fear is just burning players, and I've talked to like. People, the like two groups of people I'm talking about are people who are waiting for it to stop being early access, basically, because there's a great big amount of people somewhere waiting for this game to stop calling itself 
early access or alpha or beta. They're waiting for Star Citizen accounts, one. And only 1.7 million of them have actually backed the game. Uh, yeah. And there's people who haven't made accounts yet. They're just waiting yep. to hear from GameSpot to whoever to say, hey, Star Citizen is released. Yeah. There's another group that I've talked to, and I have a couple of friends who are this, who will not play the game anymore. They were burned by it. They don't want any of the bugs. They're, they played it for a while. They're done. They're burnt. They will not come back to the game, ever. And they said this multiple times. They will not play Star Citizen anymore. And that's the, that's the number that I'm most worried about. Is that number growing? As the game continues to be unstable, continue to players play the game and then get all your stuff's gone. To put all the work into it, to play the PTU, to get all this stuff and then for some reason either stuff gets worse gameplay doesn't go in the way you want it to the whatever way forward becomes muddier I want that to cease to have your concrete foot and say this is Star Citizen here's your live version your progress will no longer reset you know even then people are going to still say they'll never play again because of some little thing well, yeah, and people always come back because look at Cyberpunk, you know, and all those other games that have had really rough launches, you know, and have had, you know, made progress and gotten things fixed. You know, like people are, you know, more and more people are buying and playing um, No Man's Sky, you know, now than ever before. And it's gotten better with every update. You know, it, it, people will say that they I'll never play again and I'm never going back there again. And you know, they'll they'll. Uh, what's the word? Uh, not like you know, blacklist or whatever. Um, you know, kind of like the you know, all these people screaming about Budweiser beer cans. You know, they're going to drink Budweiser again. People have short-term memories. You know, and they go back to what they know. And especially when they hear from, you know, hear things from other people, hear things from friends. You know, the it, it just uh, you know, I don't think you're going to lose you know, a lot of people by temporary instability if that was the case you know star Citizen wouldn't continue to grow and it certainly wouldn't grow at the the rate that it has been over the last several years especially yeah all right guys that about wraps things up uh thank you so much for joining me for this one i uh, thanks for having me appreciate you yeah yeah anytime Mm -hmm. now i actually agree with everybody here i think joran and naz both were focusing on the fact that like they need to focus on the new player experience because there are people who will move on you know there are people people have lives that continue on and there are people who will move on with their lives because they don't want to try this out they might play it while it's an alpha even while it's not having a bunch of features because it's a fun game but that instability might chase people away i get that i also do think that tree has a point with games like cyberpunk and no man's sky and games that can prove themselves to that initial crowd that they tried to market to that they can deliver what they tried to Clearly that's becoming a very popular model for the AAA industry. Now, I I think it's different for those games than it is for Star Citizen. I think Star Citizen has a little bit more leeway with doing something like that, but I also think that every month, every year, every time you delay or have to uh, have a setback or speed bump, as as Joran said, you're burning a little bit of goodwill with people, and it's good to pay attention to that. But I do think that as long as you are working towards that goal of delivering what you said you are, there will be people who are sticking around, just not necessarily everybody. But I wanted to follow up with Salty Mike on this as well, so let's listen to what he had to say. 
Some people worry about the, the, the poor state of the game, um, that it chases people away. And this is kind of really related to what we were just talking about, that people jump in, they have trouble either getting onboarded or learning the game, or um, they run into something, they don't know if it's a glitch or if that's the way the game works. It gets really frustrating. You fall through your ship, you respawn, you can't find your ship, your head's gone. Like all this stuff, right, hits a new player. And people worry that that is really pushing people away from the game. Do you think that those people will eventually come back once they hear the game is good or CIG should start to worry about this uh, lack of retention with new players? They don't share any numbers with us, of course. Yeah, but we don't know factually. Again, let's let I mean, the only facts we have are 318. That was a moment of, you know, it was new people, but you know, it was a lot of people who have been waiting for a while for something to sink their teeth in for Star Citizen. I think most of the people who back this game have been waiting for something to sink their teeth into. And every once in a while, there comes a patch that is worth sinking your teeth into past like, all right, let me jump into open PTU. All oh, these features look cool. Game's still buggy. I'll see you in a quarter. I'll see you, you know? This was one I think people really wanted to dive in and play. I don't yeah. think they have to worry about player retention as much as you think, only from the standpoint of making these decisions that we talked about earlier that are really bad to essentially like dupe your backer base into thinking that the game is playable so you get the data you need, right? Like the free, what, what was it? I, I think it was when 318 dropped. Uh, they've just like, yeah. Let's go. We dropped it to live even though it wasn't ready yeah. because we needed the data. We needed to we needed to break it in order to fix it. So I hope and, and I do think that they must have gotten a lot of refunds. They must have gotten because, you know, Star Citizen has a really good refund policy, obviously. Like you buy the game initially and I think you have 30 days to try it. But I was saying to people, do you think that it's like refund now, go for it. Like no big deal. But don't you think you're probably going to come back and just buy a starter ship later when things look better? So why refund now? Because you're probably getting in at your cheapest if you just buy the cheapest ship, right? And yeah. just try the free flies and wait until there's something actually worth playing. This this was a a, a, a very unique situation. We're still in a very unique situation. When has Star Citizen been like this? So as much as Star Citizen can focus on building the game, adding features, and not worrying too much about player retention, these crucial points in times like 318 uh, and, and points like the new player experience seem to be pressure points that everybody is well aware of. Um, and Salty Mike has a good point here. It's one that has kind of been repeated throughout this whole thing. The game's gotten pretty good. Like. As an alpha, yes, it's missing a lot of features. As a uh, game that's testing a lot of tech, yes, there's a lot of glitches and bugs, and the development is slow, but compared to what we were playing before, part of the reason that people are so frustrated now is that there's actually content to enjoy, as opposed to if the game had crashed back in 3.2 when we could all get less than 20 frames per second, you weren't really missing out on 10 extra frames of much if you wanted to, you know, hit 30. So right now, People just want to play. They want to get into 318. They want to exist. They want to be in space and try things out. Uh, interestingly, I think this leads to a good conversation about how the game is changing based on these priorities we've been debating this whole time. 
Um, so going back to my conversation with Astro Historian, I think this was a good direction that the conversation went in. Let's listen. You mentioned the success uh, that they've had actually a little bit of trouble keeping up with the fervor and success from the community. Do you feel like the way that players are, are, are filling into the game are joining in mass and are getting more involved are changing the way they develop the game or, or changing what they're focusing on? I think it's changing how they're, what they're focusing on, but I don't think it's changing the way they develop because the only thing that's going to improve the gameplay playability of Star Citizen is to complete the, the parts of the game they need to complete. Um, which they were already trying to do in the first place, the server meshing, PES, so on and so forth. But I definitely put more of an emphasis on onboarding people into the universe, knocking off the jank that exists in the, in the beginning of the game. Uh, and I do think that they are definitely, I wouldn't say definitely, they're definitely, yeah, I'd definitely say definitely, they're definitely pandering more to the new players, the older players. They're trying to improve the experience of the newer players. Um, partially because improving the experience of new players will improve the experience of older players. So, but there's definitely more of, a, of an emphasis on newer rather than the older backers uh, because they want to increase this number. They want to keep, they keep it growing. But I know that CIG did not anticipate they were going to grow this fast, this quickly. <laughs> so, or this, this much this quickly. People definitely recognize the need to improve the experience for new and old players alike. And everybody seems to want the experience, obviously, to be a smoother one uh, and more enjoyable. But in all of these talks, it always came back to the fact that, at least at this current state in development, uh, the push for new features and, and growth is very important. Now. Obviously, there's no right or wrong answer on this. I think that's the great part about it. Star Citizen is a weird, unique project, and we can all have differing opinions on this. I'd love to see what kind of interesting, productive, and uh, non-flammatory conversations we get into in the comments down below. But to finish off this segment, we will be ending how we started. Um, looking at all these folks, and I guess really what they like about Star Citizen, what draws them to the game, what they find so unique, I think everybody tends to have kind of a different perspective this game pulls people from a lot of different places but you'll be surprised at how similar the answers end up being before we do get into it though you should think about it for yourself um consider why you like star citizen obviously a lot of people see a lot of reasons to dislike it so uh the reason for such intense passion for the game is sometimes i don't know curious anyways let's listen into what everyone has to say um, apologies, I got called a prayer going on in the background, but we're going to finish off with this one, one last question. And this one's, this is a fun one. Despite the frustrations that come up with this project that are inevitable with this project, why have you stuck around to wait for it so closely all these years? Star Citizen is just the kind of project that, you know, is, is, is one in a million. I mean, I don't know of a single game right now that's being developed to the level of detail and to the level of care that Star Citizen is. Yeah, there are a lot of issues with how long development ta is taking and like the perception of what priorities they're focusing on, the, the amount of time that's spent on a game that we've not even seen in play, Squadron. But for everything that they put in the game, it's always 
it's always really great, like high quality, high standard, consistent. It's a lot of time buggy. A lot of the time it's buggy, but it's fun. And it's, it's, it's trying to create a universe that I've wanted since Star Wars Galaxies. So for me, I still haven't found anything to even rival Star Citizen remotely. And that's why I'm still following the project. Should there be another game that comes out that attempts to do what Star Citizen is doing, but better, I'll root for them and I'll probably go play that game as well. But um, I will probably still for and forever be a Star Citizen diehard fan unless something really catastrophic happens. So. Yeah, yeah. to be honest, I don't think... I don't think people think about that when they talk about why are people so interested in Star Citizen. They, they only look at the fact that Star Citizen has problems and mm -hmm. assume that the positives must not be any more important to other people than how they see it. Because like you said, there are a lot of space games out there, but there are very significant nuances and details that just don't, there aren't, they aren't in every game. And like, people kind of miss that point that if there was a better game, if there was something that offered this experience better, it's not like Star Citizen would be immune to losing that crowd. Yeah, it's just that right now, um, the, gaming, the gaming landscape has been quite bleak. There haven't been a whole lot of games that have tried to do anything out of the box, new and interesting, outside of the indie uh, an indie studio area obviously i mean indie studios are always coming up with something new and interesting but in our niche and for what i'm interested in it's been a barren desert of of rather uninspired gameplay um for a long time and star citizen is like a beacon of hope for me that really great complex interesting semi-simulated, semi-arcadey experience is something that, uh, something that it can, it's something that can be created. It's realistic. It's something that can happen as, as long as it's backer funded. You know, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm still so excited. Despite all of the issues, despite the negativity beginning in our, our little conversation here, I'm still so excited for Star Citizen and, and its future and all of its, all it's trying to do. So, yeah. An interesting answer we've been getting throughout this series um, has been the answer to what really sets this game apart for you in terms of like, clearly everybody is a little bit crazy to be following this game throughout these, these <laughs> last few years. So what, what is it that keeps you around? So regardless of what people might say, Star Citizen is an RPG. I will, I will fight them over that. And it is the most freeform and interesting rpg i've ever played being able to play in this space well space simulation like they like using a lot of the time but being able to do literally anything i want being able to decide that i want to become a a you know conglomerate miner i want to become the the best bounty hunter in the verse whatever it might be and having access to those tools and having all of those different elements of those gameplay loops be seamless from from you know one step to another there there really isn't a game like it there's a lot of games that maybe have similarities and there's a lot of games that have like sort of cherry picked some of those things but it's star citizen was the first game where i was like you know what i could see myself playing this for the rest of my life if if it came to it i feel that definitely with like the concept of the idea like 
the way they're building out their professions is you could just be spend a year being a miner, go to different places, mm. try ground ground mining or space mining, like work on a ship with somebody, like all that kind of stuff. What is um what's an example of that that you would give currently available in the game? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> currently <laughs> available in game. Uh, and not even really talking 318, a lot of the appeal of Star Citizen comes from future features, and that, that, that's going to be the case for a very long time. Uh, we're only really getting to the elements now where some features are finally being built upon, so we're getting extra levels of depth uh, mm-hmm. on, on a couple of features. So right now, there's not really an example because there's no major goals to go for other than uh, I want to buy the biggest ship and that that that's kind of it which is a little dis- disappointing but it sort of means for me right now as the as the game is the thing that continues to make me come back is the community mm-hmm. i've never played a game with such a uh like uh connected and just just this fantastic community i, I don't know i'm trying to figure out a word no, i'll try to use but it's it's yeah. a common sentiment man i mean obviously every community has its dark spots star citizen has the community has their blind spots i would say um Mm. as a whole we (laughs) can be a little bit rabid but um yeah it's it's incredibly loving place it's literally like it's like the biggest fan club like if everybody's so excited to share what they know about the game or like what they're excited for about the game that if you come into the community and you just want to learn about it or figure out how to play it um you probably will get more than you asked for <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah um, the community's great yeah. yeah from your perspective what is it that sets this game apart from everything else that makes it worth that kind of effort and this kind of money and all the frustration that people are going through despite still wanting to play the absolute obsession and addiction to the experience. I, I, I see it all the time, but I, I spend a lot of time in concierge chat on, on Spectrum and people come in and they're, they're venting that they can't play and they're having all these problems and, oh, they're so angry. But it's one of the things I got from Xylo several years ago and, and I used to be so um, angry at people that were angry at CIG in the game. And then he really educated me that these people are just passionate that they want this experience and these people are angry because they can't get it and yeah we saw that with thousands and tens of thousands of people in 18.1 or 8.3.18 before we even got 3.18.1 which fixed a lot of the problems that people couldn't log in for all kinds of reasons and that was really really frustrating uh to people and we got 3.18.1 and it fixed most of those problems um there were still there were still people that had trouble logging in but they worked as fast as they could to get that patch out Fixed most of those problems. 3.18.2 has fixed a lot more problems, introduced new problems. Um, I, I, I think that there's nothing else out there that gives this experience of real immersion in a future science fiction universe. And that's what differentiates this project from everything else and everything else that's a game. And building a game is easy. Building a universe is hard. We'll write that down somewhere. For you, what sets Star Citizen aside, or apart rather, from any other game that you've come across? Obviously, like you said, you've dedicated your everyday gameplay time to this game. You now do it for a living. Um, why? The, 
I, I, there's no word for it, but it's the the fact that you can get in a ship in a station, hangar doors open, fly the ship to a planet, get out of that ship, be a, a Halo character, kill a bunch of NPCs, gather loot, go back in your ship, and do it all all again. The 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 focus of getting in and out of your ship and your ship possibly at some point becoming your base, your home, your like everything revolving around it. But other space games, like you are the ship and it's not as tactile. It's not as you, as much yours as, as every other ship is right. Yeah. Yeah. Or every other game is, I think that's really like, I think a lot of people would say scale or um, graphics or something like that. But for me, it's, I guess the word is immersion, but in a lot of ways, it's like, it's not immersion into the environment, it's immersion into the the sci-fi experience. Yeah. You're just right? living like in you, space. Yeah, or on a planet. You're, you're, you're involved in a futuristic experience, and it feels like you are. Now just put a game yeah. in it. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that kind of <laughs> captures it. I feel like that's what it comes down to anytime anybody ever talks about it. It's like all of the things in this game are pretty cool, but it, the, the bottom line is like it's it's like second life in space almost. Just the fun parts, though, hopefully. And um, yeah, and I hope not. The things that you may not find fun, others do. That's a, like, yeah, it always the, the having always a space different. job. Like some people want that stuff. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I think that stuff's awesome. Yeah, that's true. But just having like a, a very granular immersive mmo in a setting that's not really that common for video games i think in the last like decade or so has yeah. got brought a lot of people in i i agree with you pretty strongly there on why yeah. you like it so much i think it's one of the things star citizen does really well is they have a lot of very some variations in looseness of metaphors for you know things that are either part of our current um you know, climate within you know the, the world, regardless of whether you're from the U.S. or Europe or Australia, you know Asia. You know, there's a lot of things that you can that players can identify with within the Star Citizen universe. You know, to, to varying degrees, but also historical things that are you know of a lot of interest. And so it's it makes the game, you know, especially if you if you follow the lore and you're interested in the you know the stories of like you know the you know the different species and the characters. It makes the game very relatable and you know from a you know whether it's something that's sociological or you know economic issues um you know political things you know turning points in history there's a lot of things that you can look to you know within star citizen that you know if you're interested in this in real life you know you might actually be interested in this and you know it might be relevant to what you want to do in game and so i think i think that's kind of interesting well, and, uh, obviously the, the big one is the dystopian economic aspect but yeah and and the setting is a little unique not entirely on its own but the fact that it is a yeah. first person simulator allows them to say hey you know you're going to a storefront you're talking to an employee who can have simple lines that let you know that the employee that you're talking to works for a company who owns the building that's owned by the city that owns the planet 
and like speak towards kind of that uh the undertones of how corporates corporate business has like ruined that area and that's something you can't really do if you're just one spaceship trading with another spaceship on a little text box mm -hmm. yeah. yeah the it, for all of us who have enjoyed space sims for for years and years and years it's a a level of depth that is unprecedented in when it turn, comes to story storytelling and immersion as paulo says you know that you can't get from you know what we've traditionally had in space games and even though there's you know they may writers may have through a text box or even sometimes voice acting tried to give you that um it doesn't do it in the same way of having it you know in a from a first person perspective in your your in your face and being something that you react to you know it, it, you really you know you have to try hard to ignore it which is mm -hmm. you know, pretty yeah. cool you know walking around through art core or hurston yeah, and then like speaking like on the layers that you said, like we also like we have the megacorp like problem, we'll call it. Um, but we also have like real time politics, literal in-game politics with the ten year uh mayor vote that we did. Every ten years there's a there's a not mayor, I said mayor, uh imperator vote. There we go. Yeah. And like the big question is like where should the UE spend their money? Should it be internal development or should it be external uh fighting or defense or whatnot? Should they be caring about law and order? Should they be caring about, you know, should they be policing or should they be giving that to mercenaries? Kind of like like there's like on every kind of genre of politics, there is something in Star Citizen. Whether that be like internal, external um relations, crime agriculture business like through all the spaces that could have been a genre of politics there was something in the star season at least one paragraph yeah it's going to be interesting to see if the way that they work with the imperator and the elections and all that kind of stuff i mean they they talk a little bit about how like there are uh people or or what are they called what's the other race the tavarin there are tavarin individuals oh, who are like in the senate and how them and the elections of the Imperator and all that kind of stuff affects the actual rollout of the game. It really makes me wonder like how much can they how much can they really change the way that things happen based on what's going on with the politics in the background? Because like you said, it's not even just the elements in the game, it's literally that we're affecting and and choosing our own politics. It's a lot of detail to put into a game like that. Absolutely. You start to hear the uh, record on repeat there. I think it's pretty clear people really like the immersion of this game, but even deeper, I think part of what makes people love this game so much is just the ability to be in it. We've never had the ability to build a game like this. Like going as far back as video games, space games were just flying around in ships and you couldn't really realize a large area that could contain planets and ships and actual space. So this is already kind of a new concept for a game. And if you look at like all the big games that are coming out nowadays, you could be like, oh yeah, I love that game. That's like a, it's like Stalker from back in the day, or it's like Bioshock from before, or that one is like a, a City Skylines. Like you, you, there are examples for games. You can't really do that with Star Citizen. Like even Squadron 42, you can be like, oh, it's like Freelancer. But Star Citizen itself as an MMO and the way that it's set up is kind of hard to pin down. And that's why I think so many different players come from different places to play this game. But I could be completely off, and this might not be the main draw for the game for all of you. 
I would love to hear, though, uh, what you have to say. I, I'd like to know in the comments down below what you thought of this whole thing, what you think is the draw to this game, what you think of the priority between features and stability. Um, and I'd like to thank you for joining me for this. Honestly, it's it's an honor. I didn't think I'd be able to ever do a podcast. I never wanted to do a podcast, so this is kind of weird, but reaching episode 100 feels amazing. And it's really cool that there are this many people who are interested in this kind of stuff to follow along with. So um, make sure to you know catch this on audio platform if you want. This is a regular weekly podcast. It's on my second YouTube channel. Uh, linked down below once again, which you can find down there. I would appreciate any reviews, subscribes, uh, comments, ratings, feedback, whatever. This is a new format of podcast I'm doing, and I don't think something I'm going to do too often because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work. But I had a lot of fun with this, and I hope you did too. Next week we'll be back to regular scheduling with STL Youngblood joining me to talk ships, and make sure to check out the previous episode before this, talking about Elite Dangerous and why players started to leave that game. Hint, it kind of has to do with what all these people were saying at the last segment in this podcast episode. Anyways, one last time, thank you so much for joining me for 100 episodes, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll see you next week.